Hello and welcome to the First Hand Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, we are back with another jam-packed episode for you guys today. And in today's episode, we are going through mock drafts. It is officially draft season, and in today's episode, I'm going to give you guys my first mock draft of the offseason. We're going to go through all 32 first-round picks. Some caveats to keep in mind with this mock draft. A, not every team has a first-round pick, so if you don't hear your name, your team's name, it is because they don't have a first-round pick. The Philadelphia Eagles have three first-round picks. Teams like the Green Bay Packers have two first-round picks. The Jets and the Giants both have two top-ten picks. And the reason I point that out is because in this first edition of my mock draft, we are doing no trades, so there are no trades in this mock draft. Now, I will tell you, in my opinion, there are going to be multiple trades in the draft. I do not think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to sit pat at 15, 16, and 19. I could definitely see the Giants mortgaging one of their two top 10 picks to get more picks in a future draft. So I do expect trades in real life, but for the purpose of this mock draft, no trades. So let's jump right into this thing. Starting off, number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they are going to select Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end out of the University of Michigan. This is a pretty chalk pick. We've seen a lot of this projected. Uh, you know, there for a little bit, there was some speculation. Would Evan Neal be their first overall pick, the tackle out of Alabama? Well, when they went out and they got Brandon Sheriff, they franchise tagged Cam Robinson again. That talk kind of died down. And Aiden Hutchinson, to me, is the safe pick. The guy is just a monster. He is 6'6", 265. That size, speed, athleticism, you're not going to find a better D-end prospect in this draft class. All reports are he's a stand-up guy. I don't obviously don't know him personally, but character concerns, there are none. He's really popped on tape this year. Really, the Ohio State game propelled him into this kind of talk, but Aiden Hutchinson first overall. The number two overall pick, this is their first of two first-round picks, the Detroit Lions. They have picked two and they have picked 32 and with the number two overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft the Detroit Lions are going to use that pick on quarterback Malik Willis the quarterback out of the University of Liberty and I know we've been hearing all draft season well none of these quarterbacks are worth taking in the first round none of these quarterbacks are worth taking in the top 10 this is the worst quarterback class since 2013 you know the E.J. Manuel's class was the last quarterback class that we've seen with quarterbacks this bad. That I, I disagree. After watching Malik Willis tape, here's what I'll say on a guy like Malik Willis. Are there concerns? Yes. The decision-making, he does need to work on it. The accuracy, he does have a little bit of accuracy issues. You know who else we said that about when he was coming out of college? Josh Allen. When Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming, the big knock on Josh Allen was he was widely inaccurate. He was not an accurate thrower of the football. You look at some big outlets, some big football outlets. You know, we look at one like Pro Football Focus. They're one that I reference on this show quite often. Pro Football Focus, when Josh Allen was coming out of college in 2018, Pro Football Focus had them as his their sixth best quarterback. So 
they saw five other quarterbacks, including Mason Rudolph, as better pro prospects at the time than Josh Allen. So accuracy concerns in today's NFL are a little different. You see some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and they have that dual threat running throwing ability, whether it's a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, those guys succeed at the next level. Malik Willis is a thousand yard rusher in college. He's a very elusive runner. He has got a cannon of an arm. And here's the thing. Detroit could go a myriad of ways here. They could go Kayvon Thibodeau, the end out of Oregon. They could go a safety like a Kyle Hamilton. But what I would say to those things is, do any of those players add as many wins and as much value to the Detroit Lions as a Malik Willis if he reaches his potential? There's no more important position in 2022 NFL football than the quarterback position. If you don't have one, you're chasing one, and the Detroit Lions don't have one. Jared Goff is not the long-term answer, and that is why I think they go Malik Willis here. Moving on, though, at pick three, the Houston Texans, they also have two first-round picks. They have pick three, and they also have pick 13 because of the trade that they made with the Cleveland Browns when they sent Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. And with their first first-round pick, they're going to take defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau out of the University of Oregon. I know we've heard talk about his Thibodeau sliding, or, you know, is he falling down draft boards? Is he still a top five pick? You know, coming into the season, he was widely regarded as the favorite to go number one overall. This was seen as a weak quarterback class, and Thibodeau was seen as a can't-miss generational-type prospect. He didn't do anything on the field to diminish that. His play didn't deteriorate this year. It's not as if he had a bad season. All that happened was Aiden Hutchinson broke out, and now we've got some whispers about some quarterback play that's looking a little bit better. Thibodeau's still the guy. I know there's, you know, whispers about, well, he's into other things off the field. He's into, you know, cryptocurrency and whatnot. How committed to football is he? We've heard this about other prospects in the past. We've heard, you know, last year it was Justin Fields' work ethic. In 2017, there was rumors about was Miles Garrett committed to football because he liked to play classical music. Clearly, that was not the case at all. Miles Garrett's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL now. I think Kayvon Thibodeau would be a huge get for the Houston Texans. The Texans at one point had great pass rushers with J.J. Watt, Davian Clowney, Whitney Merciless. They had a solid defense. All three of those guys have since moved on from Houston. Houston's in a clear rebuild. They really need every position. And you could argue, could they go quarterback here? But I think they're going to give Davis Mills a third-round pick from a year ago, another year to show what he has. And in that instance, they're going best player available. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau is the pick here. Look at the New York Jets at pick number four. The Jets also two first-round picks like we talked about. Two top ten picks. They have pick four, and they also have pick ten. And with the Jets' first first-round pick, they're going to take cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of the University of Cincinnati. Now, this pick's going to surprise some people. The Jets clearly have a lot of holes. They could have gone offensive tackle here right now. Their tackles are Mekhi Becton, the former first-round pick out of Louisville, who I think the Jets love. Really, if they're going to go tackle, it would be to replace right tackle George Fant. Um, and they could. They could very well go tackle here. Evan Neal, Ikamakwanu, um, Charles Cross, all three still on the board. All three would definitely help the New York Jets, but I think George Fant is a serviceable enough starting right tackle. The glaring hole for the New York Jets to me is in that defensive secondary. The secondary is abysmal. The, you know, I was tempted to go safety Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame here. But when you look at their safeties, they just signed Jordan Whitehead, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, to a decent you know contract this offseason. They have... 
former Cal Golden Bear Ashton Davis. They also have LaMarcus Joyner as a backup. So the safety play isn't terrible. They did lose Marcus May, but I do feel that their safeties are serviceable enough. Right now, their cornerback room is, I mean, I do, it's abysmal. I was, you know, looking at it, they've got Michael Carter, the former Duke Blue Devil, who was a rookie last year. I mean, I'm not sure any of their corners were day two picks. I believe all of their corners were day three draft picks, which means fourth to seventh round draft picks. You're not winning in the NFL when you're not addressing the cornerback position. Sauce Gardner never allowed a touchdown in his college career. And you can say, well, he played at Cincinnati. Who do they play? His last two bowl games were against Georgia and Alabama, respectively. And he didn't allow a touchdown in either of those games. Sauce Gardner's legit. I know some people will say, is Derek Stingley the best corner in this class? For my money, I'm taking Sauce Gardner. I feel like Stingley's best year was in 2019, his freshman season. I think he's taken a step back the last two years. I like Sauce Gardner here at number four. Number five, New York Giants. The Giants need a lot of help as well. They're a team that really, this is Daniel Jones last year to prove it. And I think because of that, they're going to try and make sure Daniel Jones has everything possible to succeed. And that's why at pick five, they take offensive tackle every Neal out of the University of Alabama. Now they took a tackle in the top 10 just a couple years ago with tackle Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. He's going to solidify that left tackle spot. But right tackle is definitely a question mark for the New York Giants. You know, they've had Nate Solder there. They had Matt Parrott, the former third round pick out of UConn. I think Evan Neal comes in immediately, even if he doesn't play right tackle. Evan Neal has experience at the guard spot. He has experience at left tackle. He's played numerous positions along the offensive line for the Alabama Crimson Tide and played them very well. The versatility is going to be a huge thing for a New York Giants offensive line that needs to be great because Daniel Jones is prone to fumble the football when he gets hit. Best way to make sure he's not fumbling, make sure he doesn't get hit. I love this pick for the New York Giants. Pick number six, the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule and company have got to get a quarterback. If they don't get a quarterback, I think this is Matt Rule's last year. You can't roll into this season with Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker as your starting quarterbacks. And at this point, you're not going to get Baker Mayfield because nobody, the Browns aren't going to trade Baker Mayfield for nothing. And I don't think anybody's going to pay what the Browns want. For Baker Mayfield. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo. His market's cooling off exponentially as well. You know, unless we see some kind of out of left field trade for like a Gardner Minshew, I think the Carolina Panthers are going to have to address the quarterback position in the draft. So now it's what who is the best quarterback left? We've already seen Malik Willis off the board to the Detroit Lions at two. A lot of people will tell you is Kenny Pickett the play here. I'm pumping the brakes on that. Pick number six to the Carolina Panthers is quarterback Sam Howell out of North Carolina. The reason being here, Sam Howell is a local product. He's from Waynesville, North Carolina, played his college football at the University of North Carolina. The Carolina Panthers, of course, are in Charlotte, North Carolina. Local product, big kid, great runner, ran for over 1,000 yards this past year. Broke over 60 tackles, so he's a very elusive quarterback with a big arm. You know, I know we took a step back in the passing categories, but you look, Daz Newsom, Deami Brown, his top wide receivers, Michael Carter and Javante Williams, his top two running backs from the season prior, all four went to the NFL. So he lost his top two runners and his top two receivers 
all in one season, and we were just expecting him to continue to roll right along. You put him in an offense with a DJ Moore, with a Robbie Anderson, with a Terrence Marshall Jr., with a Rashad Higgins, Christian McCaffrey, and Chuba Hubbard running the football. I think Sam Howell looks really good. And the nice thing is you don't have to start Sam Howell right away. If he's not ready day one, go ahead and roll Sam Darnold out there. you got to pay him $18 million next year. You might as well get a few games out of him. I think Sam Howell to the Carolina Panthers at six makes too much sense, and that's why they make the pick. Pick number seven is the second first-round pick the New York Giants have. That first one, they addressed offensive tackle. They brought in Evan Neal out of Alabama. The second first-round pick, they're going to take defensive end Trayvon Walker out of the University of Georgia. Nobody has risen up boards more during this draft process than Trayvon Walker, in my opinion. Trayvon Walker is a physical freak. The man is 6'5", 275 pounds, and at that size, ran a 4'7", That is elite. That is absolutely elite. The athleticism just pops. When you turn on his tape, there's a play, they're playing the University of Florida, and Trayvon Walker is lined up at defensive end, he and he, mind you, at 275, he plays both defensive end and defensive tackle. He'll flip inside either lining up on the tackle or lining up inside on the guard. And the man is just explosive either way. Definitely big-time speed off the line of scrimmage, very good with his hands. But going back to this play against the University of Georgia, lines up on the D-line like he's going to pass rush and drops into coverage. And you see him do this several times throughout the year where Trayvon Walker is so explosive, such elite of an athlete, that they're able to drop him into coverage off of his defensive lineman position. And he's able to create pass breakups. In this particular play, he actually tips the ball up into the air and allows one of his teammates to be able to intercept, intercept the football And it's not like he's a slow, you know, he's got to bat it at the line of scrimmage. He is actually able to drop into coverage and cover the tight end over the middle of the field. Trayvon Walker is just a special athlete. I know the production wasn't always there at Georgia, but you have to understand, there was quite a few big names on that defense, whether it was Channing Tindall at linebacker, Adam Anderson, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. That Georgia defense was just loaded with talent in the front seven. So Trayvon Walker wasn't going to have as many opportunities to just dominate But I'm telling you, this man is going to be a great pick. The New York Giants have to get the pass rush right. That's why they take Trayvon Walker here at pick seven. Pick number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are another team. Could they go quarterback? They traded away Matt Ryan. His tenure in Atlanta is over. He's now with the Indianapolis Colts. They bring in Marcus Mariota on a two-year deal. The other quarterbacks currently on the roster are former first-round pick Josh Rosen. And then they also have Felipe Franks, the former Florida Gator and Arkansas Razorback. So quarterback could be a play for the Atlanta Falcons, but I don't think it is. And the reason I say that is because the Atlanta Falcons don't have wide receivers for a quarterback to throw the football to. So that's great that you go and get a quarterback. But you don't want to put a rookie quarterback in a situation where his top two wide receivers are Auden Tate and Chad Hansen. That's not a successful recipe for a rookie quarterback. I know they have tight end Kyle Pitts who is essentially a wide receiver. He's a big body athletic tight end. And that is why, to me, they're going to get a speedy wide receiver here. The first wide receiver off the board at pick eight to the Atlanta Falcons is Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. The reason I have Wilson going here, I know a lot of people will tell you Drake London from USC is the favorite to be the first wide receiver off the board. The reason I have Garrett Wilson going first is because the Atlanta Falcons don't need a big body wide receiver like a Drake London because they have Kyle Pitts. But a speed receiver, 
a deep threat like a Garrett Wilson would be massive for this Atlanta Falcons offense, especially given the fact that they have the dual threat running back and Cordero Patterson coming back. Garrett Wilson would help fill the void that's going to be felt by Calvin Ridley's suspension. Big pick for the Atlanta Falcons. And here's the thing. The Falcons can still get a quarterback later on, or they can roll the dice with Marcus Mariota this year. And if it's bad, you're in a position to draft a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud next year. Wilson makes a ton of sense at pick eight for the Atlanta Falcons. Moving on to pick nine, the Seattle Seahawks. They originally did not have a first-round pick. They had traded it to the New York Jets for safety Jamal Adams. But then they traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. And because of that, they were able to acquire pick nine in this draft. And the Seattle Seahawks, another team that quarterback would make sense. Right now, their depth chart is former second-round pick Drew Locke. And then Jacob Eason, the former Washington Husky who spent a little bit of time with the Indianapolis Colts. The depth chart is not impressive at the quarterback position for the Seattle Seahawks, but if you look at the available quarterback still left, I would have Kenny Pickett as my next best quarterback available, and I'm just not so sure Kenny Pickett to Seattle makes a ton of sense. I know that people are going to say the whole hand-sized argument, it's overblown, it doesn't matter, but it does when you have 26 fumbles in your college career. When you have a fumbling problem to the extent that Kenny Pickett has, the hand size is going to come into question even more, and Seattle is very rainy poor conditions I don't like putting Kenny Pickett in a situation like the Seattle Seahawks Seattle then if they're not going to take quarterback what do they take their offensive line is abysmal left tackle Dwayne Brown is currently a free agent we don't know if he's going to resign in Seattle and if he doesn't they have a massive need at tackle they also lost reserve offensive lineman Jamarco Jones the former Ohio State Buckeye he signed with the Tennessee Titans this offseason Ethan Pochich former offensive lineman of the Seattle Seahawks just signed with the Cleveland Browns so there's a lot of holes on this offensive line in Seattle and because of that they're going to take tackle Ikem Aquanu out of North Carolina State you know, you could debate going Charles Cross here. He kind of flip-flops. Ikem Aquanu is an elite athlete. The reason I put Aquanu over Cross to Seattle is specifically because of the offensive schemes that Seattle runs. Charles Cross comes from an air raid offense at Mississippi State. Ikem Aquanu is a much better run blocker than Charles Cross. And Seattle is known to pound the rock with guys like Chris Carson and Rashad Penny there. So Ikem Aquanu is the pick for the Seattle Seahawks at pick nine. Pick number 10, it's the second first-round pick for the New York Jets. And what the Jets are going to do here at pick 10 is they take wide receiver Drake London out of USC. The Jets need wide receivers. They took a swing at a wide receiver two years ago in the second round with Denzel Mims out of Baylor. That's been a bust. They lost Jamison Crowder in free agency. He goes to the Buffalo Bills. They brought Corey Davis in last year on big money. But in my opinion, Corey Davis is more of a number two wide receiver. They brought back Braxton Berrios. He's more of a complimentary wide receiver number three. They need a big body contested catch, true number one wide receiver. Drake London out of USC is the guy. He averaged only 10 yards per reception last year, but that was mainly because he was USC's only weapon and was a high volume wide receiver. He's great at contested catch, solid route runner, Drake London would definitely help Zach Wilson's development, and that's why at pick 10, the New York Jets take Drake London. Pick number 11 is the Washington Commanders. On this show, I'm probably going to call them the Washington Commies way too often. So the Commies at pick 11, they take safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Washington, 
lost safety Landon Collins. They had to release him due to cap restrictions when they traded for Carson Wentz. Washington, though, their, their safety room is not that impressive. They've got Bobby McCain at free safety, and Cam Curl is their other safety, the former seventh-round pick out of Iowa. Kyle Hamilton is a do-it-all safety. I know there's a little bit of concerns with the speed. Turn on the tape, and you're going to see an elite playmaker who's able to read quarterbacks' eyes, and just he makes plays. It's just what he does. Kyle Hamilton makes the Washington defense better. It was a disappointing defense a year ago, but that defensive line is legit with Montez Sweat, with Chase Young. I like what Washington has on the defensive line. Kyle Hamilton helps solidify the back half of the defense. Pick number 12 is the Minnesota Vikings, and at pick 12, the Minnesota Vikings are going to take cornerback Derek Stingley out of LSU. Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 12. This one is a no-brainer to me. The Vikings need defensive backs. They've tried. They tried in the first round with Xavier Rhodes. They've tried with Trey Waynes. They've tried with Jeff Gladney. First round picks in at the cornerback position for the Minnesota Vikings have not worked out. Right now, their cornerback room, they did bring back Patrick Peterson, but he's past his prime. He's still a decent corner, but he's not the same Patrick Peterson he used to be. And opposite Patrick Peterson right now is former third-round pick Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi State, who has the size. He's got the size. He's a long, athletic corner. He's just slow. He is very slow, and he has had some bad tape. I think they need to get an explosive elite corner. Derek Stingley Jr. is that guy for them. The pick makes too much sense for them not to make it. So now we go to pick 13, the Houston Texans, their second their second pick of the first round, and they are going to take offensive tackle Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Charles Cross out of Mississippi State to the Houston Texans at pick 13. This one again, the Texans have holes everywhere. They could take a plethora of picks here. They could go corner. I could, again, see them taking another defensive end here. George Karloftis from Purdue still on the board. But in this case, they're going to go the tackle, Charles Cross. The reason being is I know they have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, but their right tackle position is a question mark. Last year, they were starting Charlie Heck, the former North Carolina Tar Heel. They also have Titus Howard, the former first-round pick at Alabama State. I think Charles Cross comes in, immediately gives them an upgrade at right tackle. The pick makes too much sense, in my opinion. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens at pick 14, I have them taking defensive end George Karloftis out of Purdue. This one is simply because the Baltimore Ravens' pass defense was abysmal. The pass defense was abysmal because there was no pass rush. George Karloftis, in my opinion, is the best pass rusher still on the board. That's why Baltimore takes him at pick 14. Now we get into the Philadelphia Eagles. They have pick 15 and 16. With pick 15, I have them taking, in my opinion, the best linebacker available in Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. At pick 16, I have them taking the best corner available in Trent McDuffie out of Washington. The reason with the Trent McDuffie pick and the Nicobe Dean pick, the linebacker play in Philadelphia has been bad. Last year, the leading tackler, Alex Singleton, is not a good linebacker. Just because you get a lot of tackles does not mean you're a good linebacker. Nakobe Dean would actually give them very solid linebacker play. The Corner position is something the Philadelphia Eagles have needed for a while. I know Trent McDuffie's a little undersized at just 5'10 and about 190 pounds, but he's a physical corner. He's a solid corner. Never gave up more than 30 yards this year, so I really like Trent McDuffie. 
to the Philadelphia Eagles, pick 16. Pick 17, the Los Angeles Chargers. I had them taking defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia. You're probably going to see this pick mocked a ton in other mock drafts. It's probably the most chalk pick of any mock draft outside of Aiden Hutchinson going number one to Jacksonville. And that's because... The Chargers clearly have a need on that defense. Although that defense is now elite with Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James all on the same unit, they still need interior defensive line. Jordan Davis is a monster of a human being on the interior defensive line. I know there are concerns about how many snaps is he going to be able to give you. Is he a four or 500 snap guy, or can he be a eight, 900 snap guy at being six foot six, 360 pounds? I'm telling you, I think the guy has the ability to play at least six to 700 snaps with his physical run-stuffing ability and what he brings as a power pass rusher. He reminds me a lot of a guy like Vince Wilfork. I think Jordan Davis at 17 to the Chargers is a home run. Pick number 18 to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints... Another team, could they take a quarterback? They only have Jameis Winston on a two-year deal coming off a torn ACL, but they just brought in Andy Dalton to be Jameis's backup, which tells me that they really believe Jameis could be a long-term play for them at quarterback. And given that, I think they're going to look to get Jameis some weapons. You got Michael Thomas, the former Ohio State Buckeye, who has had a spectacular NFL career so far, but we haven't seen Michael Thomas without Drew Brees. I think if you add a weapon to that pass-catching core, It would help take some pressure off Michael Thomas. That's why at pick 18, I have the New Orleans Saints taking Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama. He transferred to Alabama this past year, played his first couple seasons of college ball at Ohio State. Jamison Williams is really arguably the best deep threat in this draft and maybe would be wide receiver one in this draft if he didn't tear his ACL in the national title game. And I know that tearing the ACL means he's going to miss some time in his rookie year. But that torn ACL, he's going to be able to rehab it. He's going to be able to come out, come back strong and healthy and be totally fine. It was a clean tear. There was no structural damage to go along with it. Williams is going to come back. He's going to be healthy. And when he is healthy, he is clearly a wide receiver one in this draft. I think Jamison Williams to the New Orleans Saints makes too much sense there at pick 18. Moving on to pick 19, the Philadelphia Eagles. We gave them a linebacker. We gave them a defensive back. Well, at pick 19, they're taking a defensive end. They're taking defensive end Jermaine Johnson the second out of Florida State. Jermaine Johnson started his college career at Georgia before being featured on the Netflix special Last Chance U going the JUCO route, winds up back at Georgia, transfers again to Florida State, and was nothing short of spectacular, was a game wrecker. The guy has a motor and a half and is just a really fun football player to watch. Jermaine Johnson helps that Eagles pass rush not only get younger, but stay prolific. They've got a lot of guys who are getting older. This will eventually allow them to move on from guys like Brandon Graham, who's getting up there in years. I like Jermaine Johnson to the Philadelphia Eagles. Pick 20 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one again, do they go quarterback? I don't think they go quarterback simply because you don't sign Mitchell Trubisky and you don't tender Dwayne Haskins and keep Mason Rudolph if you plan to also add a rookie quarterback. I think the only rookie quarterback they would have considered would be a Malik Willis, and since he's already gone, I think Pittsburgh goes to their next biggest position of need. And in my opinion, it's still the offensive line, and they take tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. Pittsburgh at pick 20 is going to take tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. And look, I have been critical of Trevor Penning. I don't love 
how he handles speed off the edge, but Trevor Penning is a physical mauler of a blocker. He fires out, and he hits you, and he hits you hard. And that fits Pittsburgh's offensive scheme because Pittsburgh is a run-heavy offense with Najee Harris in the backfield. Trevor Penning is a solid run-blocking left tackle. He would fit well there. I think it would be an instant upgrade over Dan Moore there at left tackle. Pick 21, the New England Patriots. This one you would think would be a wide receiver. you got guys like Chris Olave from Ohio State still on the board. But you have to remember, we are talking about Bill Belichick. And does Bill Belichick ever draft the way we think he should? I mean, you just look back a couple years ago, everybody thought they'd take a wide receiver. They had two first-round picks, and everybody goes, they're taking a wide receiver with one of them, right? No, they take Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle in the first round in 2018. So, no, Bill Belichick is not going to do what we think he's going to do. The last time he took a wide receiver in the first round, he took Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State. That was a complete disaster. I don't think he goes wide receiver here. Instead, I think he looks to bolster his defense. He needs speed at the linebacker position, and that's why at pick 21, the New England Patriots take linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. If you want to watch Devin Lloyd be special, turn on the Rose Bowl tape. I know it was a track meet, and I know that Utah gave up a ton of passing yards to Jackson Smith and Jigba and C.J. Stroud. But Devin Lloyd made some plays there that just showed me why he's going to be a first-round pick. The guy is a great linebacker in pass coverage. I think that the New England Patriots could definitely use him as far as upgrading from Jawan Bentley and also upgrading from Dante Hightower. Devin Lloyd, pick 21 to the New England Patriots. Pick 22, the Green Bay Packers. This is the first of their two first-round picks. And Green Bay's got to do it. They've got to take a wide receiver here. Pick 22, they're going to take wide receiver Chris Alave out of Ohio State. I feel like after you trade Devontae Adams and you lose Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equinamius St. Brown in free agency, you have to get a wide receiver. Right now, you're looking at a wide receiver core of Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Amari Rogers. Bringing in Chris Alave gives them a solid, durable route runner gives them a very polished route runner. They have the big body wide receiver in Alan Lazard, and it gives them a solid wide receiver to appease Aaron Rodgers. Pick 22, Green Bay Packers, Chris Alave. Pick 23, the Arizona Cardinals. This is a team that's a little bit tough. They could go safe. They could go center here. The center position is definitely something they're going to need to look to address at some point. Rodney Hudson, their current center, is getting up there in years. Tyler Linderbaum still on the board. But I think interior defensive line is still a position they need to look at. They didn't get great play at the interior defensive line spot. And they lost their best pass rusher and Chandler Jones in free agency. So in my opinion, they look at that defensive line and they take defensive interior defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. 6'3", 315 pounds. The guy is explosive. He's one of, in my opinion, he's the best interior defensive line pass rusher in this draft. Just turn on his senior bowl highlights. If you watched any of the senior bowl practice, Devontae Wyatt was given guys like Zion Johnson, the guard out of Boston College, fits. Devontae Wyatt is special. He would immediately help that Arizona Cardinal defensive line. Moving on to pick 24, the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have a lot of holes, but in my opinion, their offensive line is still a position they need to look to get better at. They lost starting guard Connor Williams to the Miami Dolphins, and they lost starting right tackle Lyle Collins to the Cincinnati Bengals. In my opinion, the Dallas Cowboys in this move go after the center position, though. Remember, the Dallas Cowboys, when they had the best offensive line in football, they had left tackle Tyron Smith, 
They had guard Zach Martin. They had center Travis Frederick. Well, Travis Frederick is now gone. He's retired, and this offensive line has not been the same since. They did draft Tyler Biotish in the middle rounds in 2020 out of Wisconsin, and Biotish has been decent, but he hasn't been that great. In my opinion, you are willing to kick Biotish to guard if you could bring in a player at the caliber of a Tyler Linderbaum. If Tyler Linderbaum didn't play center, and he played left tackle, but he played it at the level that he plays center at, Tyler Linderbaum would be a top 10 pick. Tyler Linderbaum is one of the best center prospects I've watched. I would say he's the best center prospect in the draft since a guy like Frank Ragnow came out of Arkansas. And in case you don't know, Frank Ragnow is one of the best centers in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. So Tyler Linderbaum, a very safe pick for the Dallas Cowboys, but he immediately helps that offensive line. Pick 25 to the Buffalo Bills. This is where it gets tough because Buffalo has several different positions they need to address. They have, in my opinion, a need at wide receiver. Like I said, I like Gabriel Davis. I like Stephon Diggs. But what do you have at wide receiver three? In my opinion, though, you're not taking a wide receiver three in the first round. That's just, that's not what you would do. In my opinion, they also, though, have needs at interior defensive line, at guard. There's several guards that I like. For them, and that is why at pick 25, the Buffalo Bills are going to take guard Zion Johnson out of Boston College. The reason I like Zion Johnson to the Buffalo Bills is because Roger Saffold, who was my favorite offseason move that the Buffalo Bills made, he's only there on a one-year deal. Zion Johnson can immediately come in and compete with a guy like Cody Ford. Cody Ford, former pick out of Oklahoma It really has not been that impressive for Buffalo. Zion Johnson, to me, helps that running game a ton. That's why I got Buffalo taking him at pick 25. Pick 26, the Tennessee Titans. They're going to keep the guard train rolling. They take offensive guard Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Green is a very versatile player. He's played guard. He's also played left tackle at Texas A&M, and he's played both pretty darn well. Titans, like we said, they had to release Roger Saffold, so they have a need on the interior interior offensive line. I think the Titans go with Kenyon Green here at pick 26. That leads us to pick 27, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And folks, this is what I consider to be probably the most fun pick of the draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick 27, they take quarterback Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I know you're going to tell me, well, they have Tom Brady. They need to win now. Why would they take a quarterback in the first round? And, folks, it's because Tom Brady's done after this year. He came back for one more year. There's no way he's playing another. He is done after this year, and I think Tampa Bay realizes Kyle Trask is not the guy. And if Kyle Trask isn't the guy, I think they got to find somebody who is. They're not going to be in a position to take a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. And next year's draft class outside of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young is guys like Spencer Rattler. I would take Kenny Pickett over Spencer Rattler any day. I think Kenny Pickett, the hand concern goes out the window if he goes to a division like the NFC South where you're playing in Atlanta and New Orleans, both domes, or you're playing in Tampa Bay that has great weather for most of the year. So I love Kenny Pickett to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the other reason why I love Kenny Pickett to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is let's look at the rest of their needs. They don't have, you know, they don't need wide receiver now. Mike Evans is back. Chris Godwin's back. They brought in Russell Gage to fill the void that was left by Antonio Brown. You'll get the defensive line. Could they go defensive lineman here? Yeah, sure. You could see them go to Kingsley Agnagberry out of South Carolina or an Arnold 
Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State. But I don't think defensive line is a glaring need. They have guys like Vita Vea and Jason Pierre-Paul. They've got edge rushers like a Shaq Barrett. I don't think defensive line's a massive need. Corner is a position that they could potentially go. Guys like Andrew Booth Jr. and Kyrie Elam are both still on the board. Also, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor would still be on the board. I like, though, the idea of them taking Kenny Pickett in the first round, pick 27 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pick 28, the Green Bay Packers, their second first round pick. This one, they're taking tackle Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. The reason for this one is pretty simple. They had to cut a lot of guys. They had to cut a lot of guys due to cap casualties. Guys like Dennis Kelly, Bailey Turner, both gone. Offensive line is a position of need. By taking Bernard Raymond in the first round, you can kick Elton Jenkins, who's one of the best offensive linemen in football, kick him back into guard, which is where he started his NFL career at. I think it's a good move for them. Help protect Aaron Rodgers. Pick 29 and 30. They both belong to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs got the Miami Dolphins first-round pick in the trade that sent Tyreek Hill to Miami. So pick 29, I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking defensive end David Ojabo out of Michigan. Ojabo, of course, tore his Achilles at his pro day workout, so he will miss the entirety of the upcoming season most likely. But I still think Ojabo is such a physical freak, such an elite athlete, that he goes in the first round. And I think a place like the Kansas City Chiefs makes a ton of sense for David Ojabo. He's 6'5", 250, and is just elite with the speed off the line. The Kansas City Chiefs, they need defensive end help. And Ojabo, though, although he's going to miss the first year, he would help long-term. And I think the Chiefs want to be relevant long-term. Ojabo makes a ton of sense for them. Pick 30, they go wide receiver Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Now, this pick, to me, is a necessity because of the Tyreek Hill trade. They have to get a wide receiver in the first round. Traylon Burks, to me, is the best wide receiver available. I will tell you, me personally, I think Traylon Burks may be the best wide receiver in this draft class. He's 6'3", 225, was a kick and punt returner at Arkansas in the SEC, was an immediate impact starter his freshman year in the SEC, former four-star recruit coming out of high school, and he lit up guys like Patrick Sertan when Sertan was at Alabama. Traylon Burks is just a special athlete. I know he ran a little bit slower than people thought he would at the pro day, but I don't take a ton into that. We saw guys like Antonio Brown coming out, DK Metcalf, you know, ran really fast, but guys like Antonio Brown didn't. Guys like Antonio Brown only ran a 4-5 coming out, and Antonio Brown still had elite speed on the football field. I like Traylon Burks a ton. Traylon Burks, to me, does remind me somewhat of a DK Metcalf type, but what I really like about a Traylon Burks is in college, we've seen him take snaps out of the backfield. So he's a gadgety type player, similar to what the Chiefs were doing with a Tyreek Hill. That's why I have them taking Burks at 30. Pick 31, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, while they could take offensive line here, in this draft, I have them taking corner Kyer Elam out of Florida. Elam didn't have his best year last year. It was not a great year for Kyler Elam last year. But prior to that, Kyler Elam was an elite corner in the SEC there at Florida. And I think the Bengals could look to add corner play on their roster. I know they have Cheetah Bay I know they have Mike Hilton. But do you really want Eli Apple starting next year? 
He might have to start at first, but I think Kyrie Elam, by the end of the season, could beat him out for that corner three spot rather easily. And the Bengals are in a position, because they address the offensive line so heavily in free agency, they're in a position that they don't necessarily have to go O-line here. That's why I think they go best player available, and to me, corner was the next biggest position, and Kyrie Elam's one of the best players still available. That's why they take Kyrie Elam at pick 31. Pick 32, the Detroit Lions, the last pick of the first round. I have the Detroit Lions taking defensive end Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State. This pick is strictly because if the Lions weren't taking Malik Willis, I think they take Kayvon Thibodeau. Because they take Malik Willis, I think they flip-flop here and they take the best defensive end left. Ebiketti is a complete beast. He's a physical freak. He reminds me a lot of his former teammate at Penn State, Adafi Owe, who was drafted in the first round by the Baltimore Ravens last year. I think Ebiketti, as he gets a little more comfortable, you know, with different pass rush moves, will grow into an elite pass rusher in the NFL. Makes too much sense for the Detroit Lions at pick 32. So that's my first-round mock. I wanted to talk about guys, though, that I didn't put in the first round. Most notably, a couple quarterbacks, Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter. I just don't... I'm not sold on either of them. And I'm a big proponent of, well, if you fall in love with them, take them in the first round because you have to remember first-round picks have an extra year of team control with the fifth-year team option. But I'm not sold on a Corral or a Pickett, and because of that, that's why I have them falling just outside the first round. Now... In real life, with the fact that there will be trades, could a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers trade back up into the first round to the back half of the first round, maybe get one of Kansas City's two first-round picks, get one of Green Bay's first-round picks, or maybe even get pick 32 from Detroit and take a Desmond Ritter? Yeah, they definitely could, and that's not a far-fetched possibility. It wouldn't be a far-fetched possibility if Seattle did it either. I mean, there's going to be teams who, if they see you know, Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell sliding, you know, if they see a Desmond Ritter or a Matt Corral sliding, they're going to want to trade back up in the first round and get a quarterback. So don't be shocked if more quarterbacks than just three go in the first round because of the amount of teams who will trade back up into the back half. You have to remember, in 2018, Lamar Jackson was a first-round pick. That's because Baltimore traded back into the first round to take him. So don't be surprised if we see a team do something similar to what Baltimore did in 2018. A couple other guys I wanted to mention, Andrew Booth Jr., the corner out of Clemson, and Jalen Petrie, the corner out of Baylor. Both very productive corners, both very solid corners. Just for me, I like guys like Kyrie Elam a little more than both of them. Also wanted to talk about Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia, and Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State. I just, outside of Kyle Hamilton, there's not another safety I would take in the first round. I still think guys like Seen and Brisker could both go in the second round. I think they could be quality starters for teams. But if you look at safeties, some of your top safeties in the NFL, they're not commanding big, massive contracts. And because of that, the positional value of taking a safety in the first round or taking, you know, a tackle in the first round just isn't as great. Kyle Hamilton's a bit of an outlier because he's not just your average off-ball safety. He can come up and play the run as well and he just adds a lot of versatility to a defense so that's why I 
do have a guy like Kyle Hamilton going in the first round. There's a couple wide receivers that I didn't have go in the first round that I still really like. Guys like Jahan Dotson out of Penn State or a Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, two guys I really like as well. They just fall into that second round wide receiver. Same with guys like Christian Watson out of North Dakota State and a Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. The wide receiver position is something that teams are going to be able to get in the second round. I expect a team like the New England Patriots to be really heavy on wide receiver in the second round. If you notice, we didn't have any running backs or tight ends go in the first round. This is not a great draft for either position. Trey McBride is my tight end one in this draft, the tight end at a Colorado State. He's a solid possession tight end, but he's not an elite tight end prospect. I think he'll be, you know, he could easily be a, you know, number two tight end in a, you know, team day one but you don't take that in the first round. At the running back position, you look, you got guys like Brees Hall out of Iowa State, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. Although they both had very good college careers, I don't think either one of them are worth first-round picks. They're not the type of generational running back talent that you would see from a guy like a Christian McCaffrey or a Saquon Barkley. I'd feel much more comfortable taking either of them in the second or third round. So those are some of the guys that I didn't have in this mock draft that I do think that we need to be aware of. I also wanted to give a shout out to interior defensive lineman Travis Jones out of UConn. I don't think he goes in the first round, but I think he goes in the second round. And let me tell you, whoever gets him in the second round is going to love that man. He reminds me a lot of a guy like Larry Ogunjobi, the former Cleveland Brown and Cincinnati Bengal. I think Travis Jones is going to be an immediate impact on the defensive line. The issue is, though, He's just not, I'm not sure he's going to give you seven, 800 snaps due to his size. So that's why I have him falling just outside the first round. But that is our first round mock draft. This is, of course, the first edition of it. We will here very soon have an edition number two. And I will tell you guys, in that edition of the draft, we will have trades. So expect to see some more interesting picks. We will be back next week. And I will tell you guys, next week's episode is going to be a player interview. We have a lot of interviews coming up. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback on those. So we've scheduled a ton. And I will tell you guys, player interview coming up next week. But until then, like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one.